0: Hello oh, and welcome to episode 27 of the figure podcast each week we figure out people numbers and images of the past present and future and this week we are joined by guest jennifer Carris so and you first heard the figure um through the episode we made with gina martin which we will link below um because that was a lot of fun to make um but we're so glad cl- we're so glad that you are able to join us today no it's so nice being Thanks. here yeah thank you for having me so, we start every episode with, what has this week meant to you? Um, oh, that
1: sounds like, I should have like a really deep answer. No, no, it can be deep. The or not first deep. thing that came to my mind, which I feel like is kind of controversial, was I put my Christmas tree up. Uh-huh. Um, Did you? I that you've done that. I'm, I've never done this early, but I was off work last week, just on annual leave. But I was in London, like I wasn't mm. on holiday or doing anything. So like I went full Christmas, I went to like the Christmas lights at Kew, like Southbank Christmas Market. So and so then nice. I came back and I was well like, this week I was like, well, like I More need to well. put my tree up. Yeah. Like I need to I've committed got now. a real tree or a fake tree? fake tree? I'm allergic to the real tree.
2: Oh I that's know. so sad. But also less messy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah And it's like a
1: very small, a small tree. Like my flat's quite small, so it's like a small tree to match. Um but I was like What colour are your
0: baubles? Red and gold. That's, that's <laughs> red like and green. Really question. But... No, no, no. Some people. Some people are multicolored. Some people are silver and gold. Some people are red and green. And, and you gold. are pink. And I Ooh, am. Have pink. I've
1: never pink. met someone who's pink? I made the multicolored Glamorous mistake Christmas. before. Yeah. Yeah. you I think, think it's love. gonna look like cool and trendy, and you're looking. Oh no, <laughs> no
2: it's like a mess. <laughs> I'm with you. There. i always go red and gold.
1: Yeah. And I also depressing. think
2: that the when I arrive home normally. I make out that the decorating of the Christmas tree is going to be this lovely family event. In reality, I take control. Nobody else is allowed to put anything on the tree. It. it is all up to me.
1: That's the only that way. to... That doesn't surprise it. me the <laughs> <laughs> slightest. That's the only way to decorate a tree. Like no I'm Christmas like joy. Episode
2: of yes. Friends where you turn the tree around. It's like it's perfect, and that's you know, um, that's what I like. I like that.
1: <laughs> I was about to say, I saying you see your tree but that also sounds weird everything sounds weird when you're talking about like Christmas trees um, but
2: yeah no, so, the, so
1: I'm feeling very festive
2: good the other mm-hmm. thing I wanted to talk about in the intro was what your job is and how you found out about the paperclip theatre
1: so uh, my job is I work, um, I have two jobs both in like communications and charity sector. Mm-hmm. I work for a community charity doing social media and like digital stuff. And I work for a women's mental health charity as their policy and communications officer. Awesome. Mm-hmm. What Which charity um, what is it called? A Wish. is wish. a small, we okay. work mostly with women in prisons and hospitals. Okay. Um, but we've got like a new project called the Women's Mental Health Network. That's all about how like, sorry it's really off topic, but like how women's mental health, like you need to look at it not in isolation so it's like women mostly have like adverse life experiences will then also suffer adverse mental health so like yeah. someone who's had mental health is more likely to have been abused or like they might have experienced homelessness or drugs mm-hmm. and alcohol and so our latest project is kind of seeing how we can look at women's complex needs and like be more gender specific in our approach mm-hmm. rather than just be like this is the box that we're gonna yeah stuff in. um so yeah so they're kind of my day jobs and then yeah outside of that i do playwriting and theater that's amazing balls, do you ever so have time to uh, breathe. you know watch a, a youtube watch a vlog yes oh my gosh I'm oh, so excited <laughs> this is going to be like all christmas um, I don't watch any youtube until it gets to December Vlogmas. And then it's vlogmas yes! and then I'm like well this is my life now <laughs> who's
0: your favourite vlogmas oh,
1: I don't, I, Hazel Hayes did it one year but I don't know if she still does it but I just oh. like her because she's very sarcastic I'm
2: really out of the loop what is vlogmas you vlog oh every day christmas. christmas oh wow and yeah. zoe sugg
0: has a great one and last question Uh, What is everyone's advent calendar of choice? Go. Lent. (laughs) Okay, so I've never had a
1: chocolate advent calendar, so this year my advent calendar (laughs) is a selection of different teas. Oh such <laughs> a good. One. Oh my god. it was when he said lint I was like oh god I sound like <laughs> such an idiot and I'm like oh actually wow, I get like a different tea each day and I was like oh no but I'm really excited what, what, com- what company is it from <laughs> Um, it's Pucker I wanted the tea pigs one yeah, but that was great. really expensive I was gonna say I thought that, that
2: sounded like Pucker yeah That's, it's really nicely great. laid out and you yeah. like get a
1: little in the like, pockets and you, you know,
0: take it out if I had you know if I wasn't an adult and therefore had responsibilities and therefore <laughs> had a certain way do you see yourself <laughs> I would have a room with as many different advent calendars as possible. So I'd have one that was bloody, one that was chocolate, one that was you know crisps, one that was tea, one oh, that was coffee, one that was ice cream. It'd have to be like a freezer advent calendar. Oh, I'd like that. Just spend oh, I the whole morning. Invented. Going around the room. That's oh, yeah. that's
1: the dream. Yeah. but I'm an adult
0: and therefore I don't do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, think
1: you are. I think. Yeah. That. <laughs> Um, so I chose Boan Temple as my figure um, because she's just she's generally amazing but more specifically she was one of the in the group the lesbians against the clause which was so this piece of legislation called section 28 was introduced in 1988 and it was piece of legislation that banned the promotion of homosexuality by local councils but also like the kind of positive portrayal of it within schools so it's like a very stifling legislation a lot of like lgbt support groups like help particularly for young people will kind of close down and um, no one was prosecuted using it but it was like the kind of fear and the oppression that it produced but barn temple was one of the lesbians in this activist group who campaigned against it and that group did things like upsell into the house of lords uh, like crash the bbc news and be like Generally amazing. We'll link the clip. Yeah, it's an so amazing great. clip. Sue Lawley is trying to continue. I know, and that, and um, so when it's like gets invaded, um, Sue Lawley then says, We have rather been invaded. Um, he's a news presenter, and that then became the title for like a documentary that's about it. They would do a friend you seeing um, because, like, I mean, gay people are the best, like, taking a phrase and being like, No, we're going to use this. So, like, yeah. like, positively.
2: They did that really cleverly in Pride. Well, yeah. oh, I can't pride. remember, what, what was the criticism that
1: they received um, and then they... Pits and perverts then became, like they yes. were called perverts and then it became pits and perverts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, I think the LGBT community is, like, the use of language I think is, like, amazing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I particularly wanted byron Temple um, because of her, like, amazing activism in the community I'm a part of, um, but also... Because we're so we're putting on a play um, that's kind of exploring the fallout of sex twenty eight and the director of the project, Adriana, got to interview Bowen Temple for oh, wow. it. And she's coming to see the show. Is she? And, yeah, oh, so I'm really so, scared. So I, was, I told all the actors and all of them were like, Oh no um, because she's like weird. like it sounds super um, like kind of cliche but like we are like me and Adriana constantly say it, we're standing on the shoulders of these women, we're both queer women ourselves. Yeah. And so we're like, these are the women who paved the way for us. And so getting to, to talk to her and that she's coming to the show Absolutely. and that we're including like, the clip of her like crashing the BBC news at the start of the show. Yeah. So like, it's very much,
0: like she's very pivotal to this. And so, also, I just find it an issue fighting for women generally. That's why I really mm. identify with all activists, all female activists. For me, I see so much as a female rights issue. And that's why it's so important to talk about because it's just other women who are, you know, fighting for their cause.
2: That's why I really like the term intersectional feminism, which has become a lot more in the (laughs) conversation. Thank you, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. which for anybody who hasn't really heard of this, it's kind of the idea that if you just have white, straight women fighting for their rights, that isn't Mm. really equality and Mm -hmm. feminism. And intersectional feminism is about equality for everybody and bringing in different issues and different groups of people and then just having unity and equality between them.
1: Yeah and understanding that like life as a woman is difficult, life as a gay woman is harder, life as a black gay woman, like it's understanding how all those like things interlink and Mm -hmm. being like how you can look all of that and so Mm -hmm. the fact that also like it's the L that we're concentrating on and well the L and B and LGBT is also we wanted to like focus on queer female narratives in a way that's not like tokenized, over-sexualized, and like, mm-hmm. Bo-Ann Temple, I always use her full name because it's amazing, um, <laughs> and she was just such a symbol of being like, this is who I am, like, you're not listening to me, so we're going to crash the BBC news. Yeah. And it was very like, we're taking matters into our own hand, and this is how we're doing it. And I think all the stuff that happened around Section 28, even though it was awful, like, it, the women that I got to speak to who had, like, been a part, like, being part of the campaigns against it, all said that it kind of helped form the community part of the lgbt community yeah. like it was something to rally around that and the aids crisis was kind of similar times and so whereas before it not necessarily felt divided but kind of like separate spheres it was something that was like no we're community we need to fight for these for our children yeah for our future. i read that
2: in one of the articles that you sent yeah. how mm-hmm. it, it created this sense of otherness and it was trying to separate people yeah. but then at the same time it brought that community yeah. together to fight a, against this Mm. yeah
1: definitely I think the when you feel otherness like within yourself and you feel isolated like particularly for me I came from like a place where there was like barely anyone who was of the same sexuality as me Mm. if anyone that I knew at least Um, like so to find a community within the otherness is Mm. really important Mm. and to be like this is like this is your history this is your story like like we're going to protest this or we're going to just like share our stories It's like really important because you need to be like absolutely. like it and sounds not yeah exactly that's it like it like people say all the time not feeling alone but like you act like you really have to like raise your voice to show that other people because even though like them crashing BBC news didn't stop section 28 it meant that if you were gay or like closeted gay and you saw that you mm. were like oh, okay like yeah. there's someone else like me yeah absolutely. and that's so important yeah
0: and, and, I, and I from that article you said that Bowen Temple uh, quotes that 75% of people in the 80s said it was uh, wrong or nearly wrong. It was yeah, it almost, was, uh, it was almost like,
1: almost yeah, almost or always wrong to be gay, always yeah. to be 75
0: Seventy Always or mostly
1: wrong. That's it, yeah. Percent.
0: Three in four people. That's absolutely startling. Um, and even though Section 28 was repealed, I, I, I still think we just felt the aftermath of that until very recently, actually. Yeah, Even until you know five or six years. I feel like in the last five or six years, the rhetoric has begun to shift a lot more. But definitely, when I was at school,
2: it, well, it I just wasn't think the case. fact that there was anything that was still illegal relating to your sexuality up until two thousand and three, I find mm. really yeah. scary. And just to define Section Twenty Eight,
0: what Section Twenty Eight was was banning promotion of homosexual oh. relationships in
2: school. As well as in the local councils, right? Yeah, like it was that the
0: okay. so um, the
1: local authorities couldn't promote homosexuality, so like they couldn't they, they where like, particularly um, Greater London Authority had been funding, like, LGBT groups, so that mm. all kind of stopped, because you couldn't okay. give that funding. Also, what I quite like is they had to stop funding plays about LGBT stuff, and so it's quite nice, like, doing a play Absolutely. about it. Oh, it feels, yeah, really? it feels very nice. But, like, books and all that stuff, and then at schools, they couldn't promote homosexuality, also, but in a way, like, they couldn't portray the positive image yet. so, like, teachers couldn't stop students bullying other students about LGBT, uh, like, students couldn't come out. Um, I mean, obviously they could, but, like, it would be a very difficult Absolutely. environment. And, like there was no kind of, whereas now hopefully there's a few more LGBT support groups at school, like that couldn't exist then. I mean that didn't exist when I was at school, but hopefully <sighs> there's more of that now. And so it's just like a really stifling environment and it was also that, that like emboldening of views, like if you, if you see it like, not to mention the t web, like with Trump now, like when someone says like, when someone in that position of power says like, this is wrong, then everyone else is like, well I can say that's wrong too. So if you yes. have a law that's mm. like essentially saying between the lines homosexuality is wrong, we shouldn't be encouraging it, mm. then everyone else is going to be like... What, oh. homosexuality is wrong and uh, like, I yeah, can now exactly. say that and it was like partly section 28 was introduced because like the retaliation of the fact that uh, like gay men having sex was made legal and um, mm. there was like this funding of LGBT support groups and so there was that like one step forward five step back kind of thing with section 28 mm. um, and there was a book that came out called Jenny, Liz, Eric and Martin that was about a girl with her gay dads yeah. and everyone was like there, I think someone even like waved in parliament being like this is, you know they're teaching our children blah 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 which is I mean, awful, but mm. yeah, like, thank God for people and like that. They were against Bo the idea Temple. that they
0: were teaching children that this was somehow okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, again, seems mm-hmm. completely
2: shocking now. When did you first find out about Burn Temple? Mm.
1: So I found out about her at the beginning of this year. Adriana Sanford, who's the director, um, approached me and said, like, I'd really like, like, we kind of bonded over the fact we wanted more queer female narratives on stage. Um, and she was like, Is 30th of Sex 28 was introduced this year? Like, I really want to do a piece about it. Like, will you write it? And I knew very little about Section 28 because we're not taught queer history mm. in schools. Like, it's not discussed, not all, yeah. um, which is awful. And, like, this year has been so amazing, like, finding out more about my community's history. Mm. But then through that and through that research, I was, like, looking at important figures and I saw the clip on YouTube of them crashing the BBC. And I was like, I need to meet this woman. Um, so it was only
2: recently then? That yeah, very, to very that, recently.
1: Huh? Um, and it's kind of like opening up to, like, meeting so many new people and, like, l- just learning so much that yeah. I'm, like, why was I never taught this in school? Like, I would have felt so much less alone. Like, history was my favourite subject and the fact that, like, I was never taught about any, like, gay or, or anyone on, like, in the LGBT community about being a part of history. and But, he- like, here I was, like, learning about them. Like, the mm-hmm. uh, like, so round okay, temple so was said. that. Like, she's someone in history that's vital, yeah. You
2: studied history at university?
1: Yes, I did. Um, yeah, I went to York uh, to study history. But I dropped out after god I think like four weeks <laughs> It was, was very that? early on um I think it wasn't like I didn't have a bad experience like I'm still really close friends with a lot of people I met there and I think York as like a town uni is really lovely um but like it just wasn't for me I wanted vocational experience like I had always been very academic um and like I'd been like bright at school and so everyone kind of said like university's the thing like thing for you when I dropped out my teachers are like what are you doing Um every, actually everyone was like what are you doing it can be really brilliant for some people I was just not one of those people I
2: also think three years or four years if you're in Scotland is such a long time it really mm. is and if you translate that into your career and the practical experience that you mm. can get if you do decide not to go to university and go into the workplace that is really really valuable and I think that we need to value that more than we do I think at the we moment are. I think times. I really think it is starting
1: to like that. I think there's been more even since I left University I remember I was like people gradually came around to see that. I remember like my mum's friends coming to visit me and they were like, Oh like is Jenny okay? thinking I'd yeah. like had this awful time and run away and da, da, da. and then I was like my mum being my typical mum was like yes she's actually currently away like she's about to go on her internship at the times in like very like mum like proud mm. fashion and I was like very happy and I was like working part time to like finally going up to London and stuff because I didn't live in London at this point. And he was like really surprised, my mom's friend, that I was yeah. like kind yeah. of happy and content with what I was doing. Yeah, and I was like, I Yeah, because like I'm doing what I want to do and like like I'm it's not like I stop learning, like I love learning and like even like learning about section twenty eight, that's means like new for me and I want to like learn mm. as much as possible ways and that doesn't mm. stop because I dropped out of university. No, not a thing. It's just an entire different type of learning. Like, in my job I'm learning about like mental health legislation, like women in prison, gender specific policy and that learning is just like yeah, it's a different type. Like I'm not learning it from a textbook, I'm learning it from experience. <laughs>
0: The second figure for this week's episode is that one in five LGBTQ children received safe sex education around homosexual relationships. And think when I think about this stat, I think actually we're doing such a disservice to students everywhere for not teaching these things inclusively, whether it's heterosexual relationships or homosexual relationships. Um, and whether the pupils themselves are queer or not queer it doesn't matter yeah. you should you should all be learning in this it's all you know yeah human that normalizes already. it as well yeah, it like be, exactly. yeah exactly you know when I had sex education the boys were taken out of the classroom Insane. to talk about periods that shouldn't happen
2: I didn't have that we definitely were all in the same room
0: boys will have sisters boys will have wives boys will have daughters potentially maybe they won't but they may it should it shouldn't be something that's yeah um, and it creates specific. the idea of like
1: that it's something that's like You shouldn't talk about as well. Like, and it's "Mm -hmm." the same for this. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely the same for this. And also, it's just like like a very practical sense, and people aren't being safe. Like, like I've I've still never been taught about safe sex, same sex relationships. I've just like assumed and like picked things up Mm. from like what people have said. Like, I've never been taught about it. like, schools, like we were saying earlier, like, it was just, or at least for me, it was a lot of, like, the condom on the banana, yeah. that was kind of it, just and, like, a little didn't bit about mean, STIs. I know, I can't believe did you didn't get that, you guys are missing out, it's, it's a treat, it's <laughs> a real treat, there's nothing like watching a teacher struggle to put a condom on a banana to make sure, like, Friday afternoon, um, and, and, like, also, like, not, Poor try and, like, not say teacher. the word. Can you imagine
0: oh. having to do that to a class of 13-year-olds? I literally would literally rather do many other things. <laughs> yeah it was um
1: it was definitely something but yeah and they like they're, there was no mention of kind of same sex relationships within that um, and but that's kind of like extended effect of section 28 like those conversations that were banned are still not happening like just cuz yeah. there's no legislation there like they're not mentioned in like any textbooks whether that's from like history to like no. when we're talking about like health studies or anything like that
0: um well i also think as well is that we have emphasized sex for a long time as procreation of children so i think that's why biology for example is where i learned about sex i didn't learn about it in pshe it was just like me too because this creates new humans and therefore we need to learn about it like we learn about animals and plants yeah (laughs) and it's not there's nothing sexual about it at all well well,
2: we talked about that in last week's
0: episode um so i think for for that that might be the caveat as to as to why they don't teach it yeah, I'm saying it doesn't, that, like, yeah. sex pleasure, like, even yeah. when we talk about, like, straight
1: relationships, yeah. or heterosexual relationships, um, yeah, and it's just, it seems very, I don't know, like, why, why would you let someone, like, miss out on this huge part of their knowledge, like, mm. to look after them, like, is without people learning to look after themselves, essentially, like, mm. making, like, good people who are, like, mm. smart, but also, like, they're gonna be safe, and, like, they're gonna be, like, good for the people around them as well, and, like, your Respectful health, and... yeah, and it's also, like, not just sex ed, like, it's, when we talk about like sex and relationships education, it's yeah. about learning like same sex relationships and like how to have a kind of healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. The good thing is, oh, was it last week or the week before? Um, Scotland is the first country in the world who's introduced um, like LGBT kind of rights and things like that into their uh, like curriculum. Mm-hmm. And the government and in the UK, in...
0: UK that will be, I think, September twenty twenty is when it will be sex and relationships. Yes, so I was um, and then I volunteered consent as well. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I volunteered with the sexual health charity Brooke, um, to as part of the campaign to get SRE like made mandatory mm. in schools and like good quality. Um and like LGBT stuff was a real big part of that. Mm. So it's been really nice to see like oh like like things you do can like can help. Obviously it being introduced is not yeah. at all like solely due to that campaign but it's nice being like a small Tasty. part of it.
2: And I listen to a podcast called Homo Sapiens. Have you listened to this? No. Oh, it's Will Young's yes. podcast. Will Young's yeah, podcast. It's so good. I, I love so, yeah. it. And he interviews Jeremy Corbyn. And it's all about um, LGBTQ people in schools and the importance mm-hmm. of sex ed.
0: At school, when you know we're in an environment where we're not taught about this sort of thing, mm-hmm. and it's not very normalised. As someone who later you know, identifies himself um, as LGBTQ, what was that? experience like at school was it did you feel I guess other did you feel like was there there wasn't necessarily a space for you to feel as though that was very accepted how did that happen for you yeah I mean the first like
1: um kind of like a tall notion Mm. like of it like coming out that I was so I'm bisexual but it came out or there was a rumor spread around that I was gay when I was Mm. 14 I think and like it got to the year above me like people stopped me in like the school corridors and were like so I have you're gay age. and I was like well this is the tough end of the world yeah. and like I still like, I remember it so vividly like yeah. it's really stuck um and I have no idea how that started um but and there was like maybe one girl in school who I think came out and even then I'm not sure if she did um but like, I really struggled because I didn't know bisexuality was a thing that wasn't a joke like yeah. I thought it was just like the butt of jokes or like Definitely. someone's being like uh, like really, Greedy. like slu- like slutty, like yeah. Greedy people
0: say, like, "Oh my God, can they not just make up their mind?" Yeah, yet, exactly. And that's so how so I was no, like, "Oh, like that's no. not really a
1: thing." So I spent like all my teens being like, "I don't know, like what I am. Like, am I gay? Am I straight?" And I didn't want to talk to anyone about it because mm. I didn't want to be like, you, like to you be. Any, yeah. Didn't I didn't have anyone to first. talk to about it. Who was like in that? And it was only when I went to university and I met my best friend Sarah, who is bi, and I was like, "Oh, like this is a thing that people are, mm. and like that." And my confidence after I like acknowledged that and I took on that label. I was like, it improved so much. Mm-hmm. And like in other areas related to my life, because it felt like this part that had always been like really shaky and unsure was like, okay, like I know. And, like labels are not for everyone. I'm never for someone to recognise a label. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. use words like queer now, or they don't use anything at all. Like they say, I don't want to use labels. But for me, it was like a moment of being like, for years of not knowing my identity, like I'm reclaiming who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really nice. um I
0: think it's hard to go for such a long time with not knowing your identity and yeah. having to feel like you have to hide it. and. One of my most favourite people um, is a woman actress, uh, activist named uh, Portia de Rossi. She is the wife of Ellen DeGeneres and she wrote an amazing book about her story through her childhood and she had a terrible eating disorder when she was in her 20s and she was closeted gay and she talks about that in such a way that, you know, even if whatever the thing that you're hiding whether it's eating disorder whether it's wh- your sexuality wh- whatever it is hiding and being closeted there's just nothing worse than hiding who you are and not feeling like you can be who you are and she okay. just said I just did not want to be a lesbian like there was just so many connotations attached to that word and I just thought I'm just not gonna date yeah. at all and if any talk show host asks me <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna not say anything and I just don't and and yeah. then you know and her eating disorder got worse and you know mm. That can be associated with other you know mental health challenges mm-hmm. and i love that you know she and ellen are you know setting an example no. at a very high level yeah and everyone loves ellen degeneres everyone loves portia i love the two of them together i love portia so much um i'm gonna stop <laughs> fangirling no, I, like, going. Um, <laughs> I just adore her and um great. i'm gonna link her book in this show notes because i think this it's a story I that any anyone anyone should read and like
1: I mean, the online world has a lot of criticism, and I get that, but, like, I remember goofing, like, am I gay? Quizzes, like, how do I know I'm gay? Oh like, because I had no- like, nothing else. And it's also not that my parents were, like, homophobic in any way or not supportive. It was that I, just just, I was just scared. Like, yeah, I was just, like, "But what about suddenly like, everyone's not who I think I am because I'm not who mm. they think I am. Um, yeah. And so, like, that panic then meant, like, I turned to, to that world, and that's why I think even though social media gets a lot of rap, I think... And like a lot of criticism.
2: Yeah, it can provide a community. Yeah, you yeah. can do like, like a lot of good things. Yeah, in some ways. What What did you think about the lack of representation of people who were identifying as queer mm. or lesbian or gay on in plays and on TV and in films and all of that? What What impact did that have on you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it had as like a kind of creative person, like that was my main source of like things outside of like school whenever it's like watching tv and going mm. to see shows or like reading books or whatever and like the fact i came out shortly after i read my first book with the lesbian protagonist which is one of sarah walter's books i cannot remember which one like i don't think those things are unrelated yeah um because like in this medium that i love which is like the world of stories i was like oh like i exist in this magical world that i didn't think i did um and also like, i saw for the first time i saw a play with the like with lesbian characters in was earlier this year and um, which is grotty um at bunker theater which is amazing um mm-hmm. but yeah it was the first time and i think not seeing like yourself on stage is kind of like you're not in this because like, i feel like theater kind of creates this world of like stories and characters and great and if your character isn't in there then you're like well i'm not valued like my story's not mm-hmm, worth absolutely. telling mm-hmm. and so like doing dandelion and doing the show dandelion's name of the show um in december is being like, no, your story is worth telling, so we're gonna tell it, and like we're gonna yeah. tell it hopefully in like a, a kind of really right way because it's coming also from. Not, that I don't think people who aren't LGBT can tell LGBT stories. I definitely think they can, but it's that I think because there's not enough space for LGBT writers at the moment, it's really important that people are given the space mm. to tell those stories. Absolutely, and you, um, and you
0: you write you often write about what you know, even yeah. if that's fiction, you're still still drawing from certain experiences anyway. Yeah, um, and. Going Again, going back to Portia, uh, <laughs> she also said that when she was coming out, she watched Ellen come out, watched Ellen lose her show, watched Ellen not work for two years, um, and then she said there were no other gay actresses at all that I could think of, that I could draw yeah. inspiration from, so what was I supposed to do? I was going to lose my career, um, and so I think it's, that's why it's so important. Yeah. Them to be visible. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Definitely. I think the other aspect of that, which is interesting, I was listening to an episode of Woman's Hour, and they were talking about There She Goes, this drama uh, yeah. about I was, what, is it David Tennant in, yes, yeah, exactly, yeah, um, about a disabled girl and her parents, mm-hmm. and one of the listeners had written in and asked, kind of, when are we going to have shows which are covering disabilities? Mm-hmm sexuality, gender, Mm. race and it's not all about those aspects of their identity. It's the everyday life that they're living and it's just a part of their identity but it's not at the forefront, it's not the driving drama Mm. of the show.
1: Yeah, like I've said before to, like, other people, like, I, I really hope the fact I'm queer is the least interesting thing about me. Like, I hope yeah. that if someone described me to someone else, they'd be, like, yeah. ten different things. So they were like, oh, by the way, like, yeah. she's also queer. One of my, of um, my really good
0: friends yeah. is exactly that. That's like, you would never the, think of doing that. That's the least it's interesting like, thing
1: Oh, the, the first thing is yeah. that they're gay.
0: It's only interesting when we're talking about who she's dating. To, yeah, and exactly, and that's it, the and only oh, And I think, yeah. like, <laughs> kind of, we
1: need to, like, first of all, kind of tell, like, at the moment a lot of stories, particularly in, like, the LGBT world are like coming out stories like in mm. terms of like fictionalized stories and I think that's good I think that story needs to be told like love Simon. yeah, yeah. and like with this play it's not necessarily a coming out story but there's like like the fact is LGBT focused but well it is LGBT focus, and I think we need to tell those stories but then we also need to be room to tell stories where the fact someone's gay is like not at all important like it's just like who they are like what you were saying like it's not mm. the storyline it's just like normalise. Yeah.
2: And I think that education and the way that we talk about it from a young age in schools is really critical to that Definitely. move. Especially because you can't always rely on parents to pick up the sex education, financial mm-hmm. education, political education, because they would, which yeah, really quite they different. often get it. Yeah, there. exactly. And they get bypassed in school too often. Mm-hmm. And you, you need... That's where schools come in. They've got a responsibility to educate all young people and parents. I yeah. mean... that's the other thing is that you can have your children learning about things in school and then they end up educating other people in their lives and this is an example of where it needs to progress. Yeah definitely. The third figure that we are going to be talking about today is an image of the London march against section 28 which was led by Ian McKellen or had him at the forefront of it and we have just been reading about how he actually came out on a BBC show which was talking about the controversy surrounding section
1: 28 mm-hmm. yeah yeah he was saying uh, recently because it's 30 years since section 28 so it's 30 years since he came out um and I, he like tweeted saying how he'd never like coming out was nothing he ever regretted yeah I think it's nice yeah um which I think is a really lovely thing to remind people because also like someone's like, gay story or queer story doesn't end the day they come out, which no, I think sometimes, like, begins, literature, almost. yeah, like, literature suggests, like, oh, someone's come out, like, you know, rainbows, and the story's ended, um, and I think Amy is a good one for being, like, no, like, this is something that, like, your story, like, doesn't end there, like, you have so much life to live, and also, like, ups and downs, because people, like, trying, like, coming out was always, something you do want, mm. like, you're gonna have to remind people that you're either gay, or you're bi, or trans, or, like, constantly, because people will, like, use your incorrect sexuality or incorrect pronoun things like that mm. and it's not like a you do it once and, and um, can i
0: just ask about so when we were looking up the um about the interview with ian McKellen, we also saw the quote from margaret thatcher yes um to this law was uh passed in her premiership yeah yeah that thatcher's
1: right? under thatcher's leadership um, yes when she was yeah i mean she's head of the the Conservatives. Yeah, she did um, a speech you can look up on YouTube where she says that kind of children who are taught they have the right to be gay are, like, cheated out of sound start of life. Um, like, it's... A, I mean, it's an awful speech to watch. Um, like, very harrowing. But she kind of helped embolden those... those homophobic views, because of someone in power, being mm. like, this is wrong, and, like, people shouldn't be gay. And the... F- I mean... There's like Prime Ministers who believe that now and who say that now. I mean, the Brazilian President is like a whole horror story in itself. Yeah. Um, and I mean, our current Prime Minister, as I was saying, supported Section 28. So, mm. I mean, she's apologised since and so did David Cameron. Um, but like they had to apologise because the party supported it and they individually supported it. the apology. It,
0: it hit me hard when I heard that. I just thought, yeah. ooh, that is pretty medieval. Um, and yet it was so much part of our recent history.
1: It's the... Also, when you watch the video, the kind of worst thing about it is the cheering. (laughs) Like, when she Mm. says it and then the whole room kind of, like, erupts. And you're like, oh, here's a room of people who, like, hate me and they don't know me. Mm. Um, Which is, like, a really... something that... When I was, like, struggling with coming out was something I really struggled with. So it was, like... As someone who's always... Now, I don't mind about being liked. Like, I don't really care. But, like, mm. then I really wanted everyone to like me. So the idea that some people would immediately dislike me because of something that was, like, innate, an innate part of me was so really, like... Change. Yeah, like, I really struggled with that. Yeah. And so, like, seeing videos like that, like, I'm so glad I didn't see it at that age because mm. I think that would have really, mm. like... I would have really struggled with that.
2: You. When I came out.
1: Yeah. Um, I was, either like 18 or 19. I was quite old. Um.
2: So before university?
1: No, after. It was after I dropped out. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it was after I dropped out. Um... And it was, so the, also the play is called Dandelion, a lot of people have asked me why. Oh, I was um, gonna ask you this. Yeah, because no. uh, like people, I know people watching and be like, there's no dandelions in it. Um, <laughs> it's like a very selfish reason, so I came out to my, like my best friends who I've known since I was like 11, um, in my mum's beach hut, I lived by the coast, and on the back is a giant dandelion, and so like dandelions have ever since then been like a really queer symbol for me, and so I just like, I want to call it dandelion, mm. but like the story's not at all about me, but I was like, I'm just going to like slip that in there because no. so I wanted it to be like a connection between like then and now as well so that was kind Absolutely. of that um but yeah like I remember co- I mean coming out to my friends a, I'm sure they don't really remember it as well that's so weird it's like I'm sure it means like nothing to them yeah. but like to me it was like oh my god this is such a and also you worry particularly on your bite if you're like making a big deal out of it because it's not necessary that you're telling someone you're not straight anymore you're like oh I'm straight and gay like no. I'm extending the parameter of what you think of me mm. as so you don't want to like be dramatic, which is a stupid thing to think. Not stupid, but, like, I shouldn't have thought that. It was, like, other people's views and attitudes that made me think that. Well, it's,
2: I guess it's scary. Um, yeah, yeah really, it's really, really scary. Happened, and so the play is set in Margate. Yes. And is the protest in London something that you touch on kind of from a distance?
1: Yeah, so the the place in Margate, so it's kind of, like, removed from where, like, the big protests happen. Like, mostly on purpose, because I wanted it to, like, the phrase ordinary people, it seems a bit, like kind of use in an insulting way but in the sense that it's like I'm I grew up from the coast and I felt like very isolating because of being away from like the kind of political sphere of England so I wanted to do that kind of distance um but the the protests are touched on through like radio and tv and like those kind of multimedia elements so there's the sense of because obviously when you're doing like a play that's about something historical you don't want to be like dropping in like section 28 as a, every other word so like people know what it's about mm. so it's kind of making it like in the sphere of the play without it being like shoved down the audience's throat because the is about people it's about two protagonists um, like one who's 16 like set in a school one in 16 who's like struggling with her sexuality and one who's a teacher who's like, in a same-sex relationship and it's like mm. uh, seeing how that imp- how sex training impacts them through like characters rather than being like we want to look at parliament and the protests it's like very individualistic mm. in its approach yeah
2: mm. I think that's one of the most I mean, it's just so insensitive that law on every level the, the teachers also. That must have been horrendous. Oh, yeah, really we harsh. interviewed
1: some of the people who were teaching under it, and they were like, "We just couldn't do anything. Like, so you didn't know what was going to happen. Like, so part of the so it's the plays these two stories, and they kind of like run by side by side. But the teacher and the student, apart from the fact she's their teacher, and she kind of knows that the students' gay, but they can't really interact because of this legislation. So it's the idea that like, even though I was saying Section Twenty Eight allowed the LGBT community to be, or like, was kind of spark for it becoming a community in many ways it also meant that people were very isolated. Like, the, the sadness of these two stories running side by side mm. and not into
2: But I think on the knock-on effects of it, what do you think are some of the most damaging after the aftermath of yeah. Section 28?
1: I think it's the, like, just going into it, like, being in school, like, going into a school now and being, like, you can still see the teachers being, like, afraid to talk about,
2: mm. like,
1: queer relationships or, like, what it means to be queer. um, But also, like internalised homophobia, like a lot of people under sex 28, that was the time they were struggling with their identity and coming out and that was also the point they learned that being gay was wrong. Mm. Um, and that internalised homophobia like stays with you, like there's a reason- Or the
0: assumption as well, the assumption when you're at school, if someone comes out as gay, that oh my gosh they must like me, or like, yeah, that's it, must like it's must like that. every single girl in the class, and you think, mm, no, the reason we think that is because it's very uh, it's not taught very well and it's not represented yeah. so therefore we have fear of it because we don't know it. Yeah, and we're, we're kind taught of taught it. like
1: gay people were like dangerous and predatory
0: mm. um, and that's the sort of rhetoric around trans at yeah, the moment.
1: Yeah, definitely and there's that whole idea that, I mean it's again of otherness, like anyone who's like this legislation kind of like accepted the idea that gay people were other and other that no one else should want to be um, and yeah, that was just like internalised hyperphobia that's going to last your lifetime whether it's repealed or not
0: thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the figure podcast as always you can contact us via email at the figure at gmail.com and on instagram at figure podcast and on twitter at figure podcast and there we'll have all of the images associated with today's episode as well as all of the details um where to find jenny and how to see dandelion jenny could you please tell us what, how exactly we can buy tickets
1: Yes, yeah, so the show will be on at the King's Head on the 16th and 17th of December so you go to kingsheadtheatre.com and then you scroll down and tickets will be there
0: awesome and mm-hmm. where can we find you on social media
1: um, at Jennifer underscore Karis and then the theatre company is at papercliptc
0: awesome
2: amazing thank you so much for joining us so thank you for much having me it's fun. Been so nice <laughs> it was <laughs> Such a good,
0: one of my favourite episodes oh, so nice you. yeah thank you for having me